I will say that before I started implementing the steps that Katie and I recommend in the Cancer Survivors course, like the diet, some relaxation techniques, different uh, detox support, and much, much more, it took me eight days to recover after my chemotherapy treatments. And after I implemented all of these, it took me like two and a half to three days to actually recover. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by a nutritional therapist, Cassie Knabel, and professional esthetician and makeup artist, Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Heart Radio. We're so glad you guys are here today. This is another really important episode. I've had a lot of great episodes lately, but this one specifically is two wonderful women that have come together to make this beautiful program. And it is so important for many people that are going through cancer and they're going through chemo treatments. This is the Cancer Survivors Course for Thriving Through Cancer. This is written by Katie and Alyssa and they're with us today on this episode. I want to tell you a little bit about these ladies because they have a really fantastic working relationship and the way that they've built this program. And we have Alyssa Carey with us and she's a certified holistic nutrition consultant, a 21 day sugar detox coach, a personal trainer and safer skincare advocate by day and head chicken tender, (laughs) weightlifter and watercolor painter by night. She also has her bachelor's degree in environmental science and geology and competed nationally in Olympic weightlifting until she was diagnosed with cancer in late 2018 at 26 years old. Her favorite foods are avocados and lemons, and she loves visiting with little farm towns all over the world. Alyssa was born and raised in the Bay Area, California, where she currently resides with her feathered and fur babies. A 24 all-named chickens, Yorkie, Mix, Jake, Great Pyrenees, George, and a few humans. We also have Katie with us, and she's a holistic nutrition consultant, a certified 21-day sugar detox coach who specializes in helping folks find health through nourishing foods, lifestyle behaviors, safer skin care, and reducing toxins. By day, she's an elementary math coach. Do you hear that? She's an elementary teacher by day. Amazing. Having taught in the classroom for eight years, she now supports teachers and works on math intervention. Katie was diagnosed with stage 2B invasive ductal carcinoma breast cancer in 2014. Her treatment included chemotherapy, radiation, and a bilateral mastectomy. She has been in remission for nearly five years. She and her husband, Jim, live in the Bay Area, California, with their pit bull, Molly, and their boxer mix, jacks i hope you guys get a chance to get to know these ladies a little bit better understand what their mission and their journey is and be able to make this share worthy with all of those around you this is a really important message for those of us that are 
uh, worried about cancer and worried about what that that's going to be like. And this can be a little bit less mystery after listening to this episode. Welcome everyone to Rebel Heart Radio. We're so glad that you all can make it here today because we I have not one but two guests and I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> Three is not a crowd in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I have Katie and then I also have Alyssa with me and they're both Hello. come to us through they, uh, their partnership through this wonderful, amazing treatment program online resource called the Cancer Survivors Course for Thriving Through Cancer. I think that is such a beautiful title right there. Like you've got so many great things happening there. We're thriving, surviving, you know, got all the things that are scary to talk about cancer, you mm-hmm. know. I'm just like I'm blown away by your guys' website. Like I was just like these guys are like doing the thing. All the kind all of things. <laughs> yeah, all the things. Oh, is that you, Alyssa? Yes, yeah, it was done. <laughs> It was me. It's my side hustle. Yeah, I side- no credit. <laughs> I love those kind of partnerships. Cassie and I definitely have that where she does, she she clearly has these jobs that she does and I do these jobs and we're just like, we're a good pair. Yep. Mesh yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. It's super important to have someone who uh, complements your strengths. Yeah. So much. So I would love to hear a little bit more about like what brought you two together in the first place. Okay, I'm going to go first. This is Katie. Um, So Alyssa and I met uh, just like almost two years ago, going on two years ago at, um, we're both 21 Day Sugar Detox coaches for Diane Sanfilippo. And um, she was having the launch of her 21 Day Sugar Detox daily guide. And I put a post out and said, does anybody in the Bay Area want to meet up and do dinner and go together? And so her and Naomi and I all met up and went to that book launch and then sort of we stayed in touch um at that since kind of since then you know through the internets um uh, yes the, inter- and, the interwebs <laughs> yeah and I had at that I mean, Naomi and I had been in a little bit more touch before that so we known each other a little bit more but Alyssa and I hadn't really connected yet in the coaches group and so it was at that um dinner that I was like so I don't think you know but I'm a cancer survivor so we started talking about that there and so that's kind of what led us to this path and I can let her share more about that but yeah amazing yeah so actually at that time um I had no idea that I was going to be diagnosed with cancer I don't know maybe it was six months later after that or so wow yeah that sounds about right six months maybe maybe nine months and um Katie was actually like probably the first person uh that I reached out to before really anyone in my family because I was like what do I do yeah for real (laughs) and yeah because it's so scary I was 26 at the time Mm. and um she sent me this we conversed back and forth and she sent me this wonderful care package that um just you know brought a tear to my eye it was just so wonderful and I was like oh this is so amazing and both of us didn't talk about it yet, but both of us were like, we need to do something to help people go through this. Yeah. And I started treatment and a couple months um, in, I started, you know, cause I was doing all this research and stuff and Katie reached out to me. She was like, Hey, do you want to create a course together? And I was like, actually it's on my agenda. <laughs> actually. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Thank wow. you. So it actually it just totally fit like a puzzle piece. 
Oh man, I, I feel like those are the best things in life when they just kind of, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that you guys really met up six months previous. Right? Yeah. You know? no, yeah. Crazy. We, I had said, you know, I was like, I'm watching her post the things that she's sharing about how she's supporting, you know, her traditional treatment. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, people need to know this. And there's some mm-hmm. of the things that she did that I didn't do or know about at the time. But, um, but I was like, I did things that like, you know, to support myself with my diet and lifestyle and things that I was doing to support myself during treatment that were sort of supplementary to the traditional cancer treatment. And she was too. So I was like, we need to, we need to put this together and share this with people because your doctor's not telling you. And unless you're scouring the internets or you have, you know, Oh, so many opinions out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we both have, we both went to Bowman college. So we both have the same, just gonna ask, same, same certification. Yeah. Yeah. Same cool. certification in that way. Alyssa is also a, a personal trainer. So she's got some other, you know, physical, mm-hmm. um, part, parts of being of that, that we brought into the course as well. Oh, but, cool. um, for that, in that place, we both 21 day sure detox coaches, both nutrition consultants from mm-hmm. Bowman. So we had the same foundation that we were kind of working off of, which I think also really helped too. Yeah, for sure. What's so I know that you guys you guys didn't have the same cancer diagnosis, right? No, no. And uh, Alyssa, what was your diagnosis? I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and mm-hmm. it's actually in the beginning it was really I didn't know if I was going to talk about it because yeah, you know, it was really super challenging personal. being yeah super mm-hmm. exactly, and you know, I was thinking I was going to do all these things at twenty six and live a life and. <laughs> So, but I actually found out that it is the most common cancer in 20 and 30 year olds and especially really? in females. Yeah. Wow. So, and right, exactly. So no I one not knows know that. this. <laughs> right. But well, I will give a little caveat that your chances of actually getting the same cancer that I had is uh, less than half a percent of oh getting this type goodness. of cancer compared to um, all the cancers that there are. So Wow. Your chances are still so pretty slim, yeah. but it is the most common in, in young adults and especially females. Wow. So I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma um, almost a year ago, actually, last year, September of 2018. Wow. And what it actually is, is the cells that attack your body are the white blood cells called lymphocytes. Mm-hmm. And these are part of a pretty complicated part of the immune system um, that we're still like totally like learning about as a whole science realm. It's, it's confusing, but basically it helps to filter and circulate your blood to keep you healthy uh, from things like cancer. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, ironic, right? Not the best (laughs) cancer yet, but so it actually took me a full two months um, to get diagnosed with appointments and blood draws and scans and tests. Oh my gosh, that's such a long diagnosis process. Right. Like that from the beginning of like, we know you have cancer, but we don't know. Or is that the beginning of like something's wrong, but we don't know? Yes, they were. So I went into the ER on July 16th, I believe. And they were like, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, I had no idea. So what was going on? And um, it was pretty crazy. But they're like, you probably don't because it's super rare. So they were really oh telling me that it wasn't going to happen. Um, but you know, here we are. 
(laughs) And then it actually took me another month after that to actually start chemotherapy treatment because of all the other tests that you have to do. I'm not sure if Katie went through these, but I had to get a lung test, um, a heart test, um, stuff about fertility, and then two more surgeries before I actually started treatment um, uh, almost to this day two weeks ago. Wow. And that's it. And that a lot of those tests are to find out where your threshold can be for chemo. Is that right? Or like, what's the uh, testing for? So the, te- like the lung test, for example, and the heart test are to see your baseline before you start treatment. Okay. So if you have complications along the way, they, you can do these tests again and see how your functions have decreased from, cause everyone's baseline is going to be different. Yeah. That makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. And so it's the, like, you were discussing how complex the immune system can be and like all the things to it. And I only know a small part of that because my son has an autoimmune condition. Right. And, uh, but his condition is kind of interesting because he actually has a higher cancer risk um, of his esophagus. Mm-hmm. And so this is really deeply personal for me to understand as much as I can about this subject because mm-hmm. I need to kind of know what to look for wow. and like, what, and, and honestly, the thing that scares me the most is just the, the unknown things that I don't know. Like, what is that right. testing process? Like, how long is that? Like, what kind of doctors are you seeing? And what kind of care is it? And, and really, like, I would love to know a little bit more about your guys's experience in the system. Because I think that a lot of times in the holistic community, it's, it's not many people openly talk about taking the traditional route, taking the conventional no. route. Right. You know? And it's, and it's almost like this badge of honor if you don't go the traditional route. And I'm like, there, you can't make those kind of judgments for other people. You right. know, they yeah. have to decide for themselves what's right. And I think it's just a matter of like, let's get that information out there. Let's talk about what this process is like. So it's not quite so mysterious and quite so scary. So I love that you're so willing to talk about that. Like <laughs> it took three months for me to get on chemo. So like <laughs> That's three months. And I can kind yeah. of relate on, at least on the mother's side, is that from the time my son got diagnosed to the time we knew that everything was actually kind of okay was kind of more like eight months. It was, yeah. it took a really long time for us to go like, okay, this is not, this is, it's, it, he's not in a flare status. We know that we can control it by this and that. And it's like, you know what I mean? So I, but three mm-hmm. months is a long time to right, like, especially with when you're talking about cancer. Because yeah, from my a initial lot can scan, in three months. right from my initial scan to my scan right before I started, two weeks before I started to see if anything had changed, I actually developed cancer in a third location. Honestly, so and that I actually had a, a more aggressive form of Hodg- Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had the B form, mm. and uh, with that. Um, I still had the same protocol for my cancer treatment, but if you didn't have those B symptoms, which are night sweats, uh, fever, possibly a rash. I didn't have a rash, extreme fatigue Mm. and unintentional weight loss. Those are like the five symptoms that, you know, apart don't seem very scary, but together are a little red flag. Make up all the things. Yeah. Right. It's hard when it's so nuanced like that. Like I've totally been through that too with as a mother with my children is that it's super nuanced and you're like, there's a lot going on and it's such an emotional thing to be having all of the opinions coming at you 
and like all the opinions right do i talk to people about it can i talk to people about it should i talk to people about like it just turns Mm -hmm. into this like can i handle all of the things coming at me you know and all the decisions to make and things like that and i'm just i am i'm thrilled that there's this resource that you guys have made because there are there are a certain amount of people out there that just really need to kind of like take that moment and step back and like really internalize and sometimes that's participating in a course and not seeking out another opinion you know what I mean well Katie can you tell me a little bit about your diagnosis I know yours is different from Alyssa's yeah, so I was 31 at the time, um, and I was just getting ready for, so just, we're just out for five years out right now, um, mm-hmm. and I was getting ready for my day in the morning, and um, I had just started school at Bowman College, too, so that's kind of the wow, ironic really? thing. Yeah, like I was three, four weeks, five weeks into my program, probably, and I was just, I don't know, I'm not sure what I was doing, but I must have just brushed the side of my breast with my hand and was like, whoa, <laughs> what is that? Uh, that wasn't there yesterday is what I would have told anybody who asked me because I, you know, I didn't notice it and I wasn't super good about doing my um, self checks, but I wasn't not also not paying attention either, you know, somewhere yeah. in the middle. I wasn't like every month, the first of the month or whatever. I didn't do it quite so regularly, but um, so mine didn't take quite as long as Alyssa's. It took five weeks though to get diagnosed, which again, is still kind of a long time and I kept hearing um a little bit like Alyssa like oh you're too young to have cancer it's it's probably nothing don't worry you know which I understand is like a reassuring sort of thing that they want you not to freak out but also don't say things that are not option actually true like actually you're not too young to have cancer that's not a thing and I realize breast cancer doesn't happen very commonly in 31 year old women but it does you know so it's just like it kind of drove me crazy throughout the process. But You're like, I, okay, yeah, stop telling did, me your opinion. <laughs> I know, I know, and it was and it was meant from a good place, but also yeah. like I wish it just was a little bit of different language. Like it's probably nothing, but let's just have it checked out. You know, just a little mm-hmm. bit different language would have made me feel a little bit better mm-hmm. because then it's like all these people had my hopes up for five weeks, and then boom, here you know, here we go. Yeah, that's um, a heavy drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I did, you know, like. Uh, uh, I had it checked out by the nurse and then we went and had um, an ultrasound and then a biopsy with an ultrasound. And then that's what led to the official um, diagnosis. I did not have a, a mammogram beforehand because I was trying to avoid extra radiation of things I didn't need. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the route we took. And then like- And you were young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. And I'm young. Um, and everyone was like, you're the healthiest person I know. I can't believe you got cancer. <laughs> um mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, meet your, I'm feeling the same way you're feeling right now. <laughs> I can't know. about it either. I feel like I'm a little more shocked, but you know. <laughs> yeah, understandable. <laughs> yeah. So I did do the, some of the same things. Like then you got a chest x-ray to make sure it's not spread to your lungs, a CT scan, again, making sure it's not spread to any other major organs. I did have um, a mammogram at that time to make sure it wasn't in the other breast, a breast MRI to check and make sure they got it all. Um, and that one did find a secondary lump that was further back, um, close to the chest wall. We think that might've been where it started. Um, hard mm-hmm. to know. Oh, wow. um, and then I did have an echo- echocardiogram to check my, the hump functionality and health of my heart um, and then a bunch of lab work but so it took me from diagnosis I was diagnosed on June 3rd um, and then I started treatment on June 17th so that was a little quicker but I was also um, out of work um, by June 
fifth, I think that was the last week of school that we got diagnosed. So it was kind of stressful having to like do report cards and do, I was fifth grade teacher. So promotion ceremony and all this stuff, pack up my classroom. Um, and I'm and, assuming this was more of a private thing still. Yes. I did not tell anyone publicly until, um, the day after school went up. I was like, I just got to get through. got to put my like blinders on focus, get done with this. And then I actually posted on Facebook. It felt kind of weird to post on Facebook, but I also, I felt like I was coming out of the closet, not to offend anybody who's in the closet, but it was so like, I'm hiding something. I know this big secret and I can't tell you. And I was hoping to be like, Oh, Hey everybody. I had this big scare, but remember, check your boobs. (laughs) You know, it can happen (laughs) to anybody. You know, that's kind of what I was hoping to happen. And and that didn't end up being the case. It was certainly a reminder for people to do their self-checks and to be more mindful of what's going on in their lives. But I was very public about it once, um, once school was over. Um, and, but because I was out of school after that, then I could go in at any time for my appointment. So that was very easy. Like I wasn't working, so I could just go. Um, so that's kind of, um, I, I did, um, six rounds of, of chemotherapy. We decided based on, um, they bring it to the cancer board. I don't know if they did this for you, Alyssa, but they kind of present your case to the other oncologists and surgeons in the department and decide what's the best plan of action for you. Oh, so they crowdsource a little. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, because I had that second lump, we decided to go with chemotherapy first and not, um, they wanted to check and see if it had spread to my lymph node, but I was like, can we just get started? <laughs> can we not? <laughs> yeah. So um, we six rounds of chemotherapy, and then I had a full bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction, and then 25 rounds of radiation after it. So treatment took me about nine months to finish mm-hmm. all of that. I think some of the most powerful imagery that I've seen from you was when you were getting your hair shaved. Yeah, that was pretty hard. I can imagine. I can imagine that. That's it's, it's such a tangible physical thing that's happening that seems ceremonious mm-hmm. in, a, in a way of yeah. like, like a reality, like, okay, we're here. Yeah. It was, you know, the first time when you're like pulling your hair back and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, (laughs) you know, you get these chunks of of Mm -hmm. hair that are falling out. And Alyssa did something a little different around her hair, but I was like, it's going to fall out. I didn't know about the cold caps. I didn't. So I didn't try those, but I just was like, I'm going to embrace it. They were like, it's going to fall out on day 20. 21 because it's a three-week chemo cycle and like clockwork day like 16 it was like the clumps and just trying to hide the clumps falling out was hard like how do you style your hair when I have already thin hair um and I did decide to do like a little hair shaving party I kind of tried to make light of things throughout treatment but also just to have people with you and it felt nice to like show my bald head to my family and friends before going out to the world because that was kind of like not something that's like a hard thing to do yeah I'd imagine I I'm kind of a rip the band-aid kind of person yeah (laughs) so I can imagine it sounds like you're a similar space where it's like let's just rip this band-aid let's just cry all the tears let's Let's do this thing everybody's gonna look at it okay you see it okay (laughs) because it sort of felt like then I was wearing a scarlet letter you know it's like okay now that I'm bald everyone knows I have cancer you know I mean that's kind of how I viewed it anyways like once you're out in public everyone knows when you unless you wear a wig that's really really wig like but they're not that comfortable and they're hot no like you have hot lashes, no. <laughs> so I yeah. just mostly rocked a headscarf for the most time, for the most part, um, and like beanies if it was really cold or whatever. I've seen some really beautiful turbans, like yeah, really beautiful ones. I mean, there I had a friend who was like amazing at making it, and I was like, this is so hard. <laughs> How do you do this? Yeah. So I have a question. I heard you say something about cold cap. What's that? 
Alyssa, you did them, right? No, actually, I asked my oncologist if I could do them, and she was like, hard no. <laughs> what What are um, they? So I couldn't do it because I have blood cancer, so... Okay. I, Cancer or the chemo had to reach every cell of my entire body since mm-hmm. your blood goes to every part. Right. So what the cold caps do is um, it's like this ice pack on your head. It's, yeah, it's basically like mm-hmm. a, a bag ice pack that you put on your head oh, and it, it basically like freezes your scalp so that the treatment can't go up um, to into your hair. Oh, I can see how skin. that's a hard no for blood cancer mm-hmm. right so <laughs> I, I was but, pretty upset yeah but I totally milked um so it, usually I I heard that um like breast cancer patients can get cold caps yeah I uh, but you have to know about it after yeah right no, I, I've so, never heard of that yeah right so like, it's that's why I was like wait I need to ask what is, what is that <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that your oncologist will bring up again right so it's something that you have to already know ahead of time and you have mm-hmm. to do it before your first treatment Otherwise, it's not effective. Yeah, oh, and you have to do every treatment for the duration of why you're getting, why you're actively getting chemotherapy for. Um, like I got chemotherapy every other week, so it'd have to be that full six to eight hours that I was being injected with chemotherapy. And is and it essentially like an to, ice pack? I, like a yeah, I think like you have helmet? to put them on a couple hours beforehand too. Do you yeah. Know yeah, 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 because you have to get it desensitized, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds really cold. Yeah, right. Uncomfortable. Yeah. More uncomfortable add uncomfort to already discomfort. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean like that almost be like a like a headache. Yeah. While you're like a Brain forced breathe. headache. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, what a tough decision to make. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've thought about it a few times. Like what, you know, I think a lot of people think what would I do in that situation? And I think you mm-hmm. can't predict. It's such yeah. a so no, you can't predict thing. what you're gonna do until yeah. you're in the situation. I know. I know. I'd like to think that I'd be like, I would just shave it, but would I? Would I? <laughs> I milked. Go ahead. I milked the heck out of keeping my hair, and <laughs> like I didn't. Katie was just like super brave about it and just like you know ripped the bandaid like you said. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if it's because of like the protocol that I implemented or and or my genetics. But I actually didn't end up losing all of my hair. And is that I unusual still, for your style of treatment? Because I mean, your whole body, like my goodness. Yes. So my oncologist to this day is just like, I've never seen anyone go through your treatment and not go bald. And wow. I still had some eyelashes. I still had wow. um, some brow definition. Wow. Cause I'll tell so, you, you'll lose those first. I I've studied pretty <laughs> intensely like hair growth and like it's, yeah. it doesn't take, it's surprising how easy it is to lose eyebrow and eyelash hair. Mm. Oh yeah. And for me, I lost those, I lost those last. It wasn't until oh. chemotherapy ended that I was like, okay, I've got like three eyelashes hanging out. <laughs> I just need to pluck them so the re- they'll grow, so that the <laughs> ones will grow through. But oh, yeah, man. I actually didn't lose them until pretty much the end. But I do have some pictures of um, me fully bald, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, no hair. And those are the hardest. I'm like, is that even me? Like it's like, whoa. Yeah. It looks like a stranger. Really yeah. Am. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, the people that I've seen that like choose to like shave their eyebrows is enough for me to be like, you look like a totally different person. Like I can't, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, <laughs> and I can only relate on some front. I accidentally ripped out like a huge portion of my eyelashes with an eyelash color <laughs> once. And let me tell you, People are like, just wear fake eyelashes. I'm like, no. Like, do you know how hard it is to like glue fake eyelashes? 
onto the right spot on your lid like it's surprisingly hard when there's not that guide of eyelashes there you know yeah and so I think that there I I would love to hear a little bit more about like did you guys um come into this with a certain expectation of what treatment would be like was there or do you hear like some common misconceptions that you would like to clear up or talk about that you wished you would have known going into it or like like duration or like I feel like there's so much information between the two of you (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will give a pro tip about the whole eyelash thing. Oh, yeah. Liquid eyeliner is the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that kind of gave my eyes a little bit of pop when I didn't really have much eyelashes. But um, as for misconceptions, um, you know, it's hard to say, like you said, because everyone's treatment, even if another woman my age and my fitness level was receiving the exact same treatment we're all going to react so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to say, but either way, going into treatment was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Be- and just because of that unknown factor, you don't know how you're going to react. Um, and it sucks yeah. either way, right? Yeah. But sure. which wow. was incredible because I got chemo every 14th day. So if I was out 10, 10 to 12 days, I would only have a, few days of feeling like I could get up and you know do stuff wow so it just dramatically increased the quality of my life and that's just something that your oncologist I would almost say isn't going to bring you know diet into your life besides not eating um stuff that could make you ill like raw proteins for example Mm, sushi oh man I miss sushi (laughs) (laughs) um but otherwise, you know, there's just, it's just so hard to say because everyone's different, but that's kind of like my biggest one. Yeah. And I think that's something important to say as well, because I think that there's a lot of like, well, you have breast cancer, you're going to have blah, 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 blah. And you have this cancer, you can expect this, 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 and this. But I mean, I think I, you guys can probably relate to this from your nutrition counseling is that every body is so different that it's like you kind of have to be okay with not knowing (laughs) you you know just kind of like going like being on the ride yeah yeah I would say that for me I expect you know you see on tv what it's like and that was really like I had had family members who had had cancer but none that were like super close big 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 family and so it wasn't like my job to be a caregiver for anybody so I didn't really have a lot of personal experience with it other than you know what you see on tv and so I'm I'm just assuming I'm going to be sick all the time and you know I hate needles so I'm going to be like you know passing out you know like all the things but you know, if you to tolerate needles, it's fine. And if you don't like needles, um, and um, and I did not get sick at, at all. I never threw up, not a single time. Um, and they do give you medicine to make sure that you don't feel, um, you know, get sick. And they judge can address that if your medicine is not working for you. But um, I just, I like, I realized, oh, if I eat small, frequent meals, then I feel like my blood sugar stable, then I don't feel nauseous or sick and I'm all right. So mm-hmm. that kind of surprised me. Um, and I think the thing that I didn't know was like how, how cumulative chemo was like, okay, mm-hmm. the first round, like, you know, you're at a hundred, probably a hundred percent, depending on how good you're feeling during your diagnosis, but you know, you're at as close to a hundred percent as you're going to be during this treatment. And then you, you got to come back, you go, you go feel like crap during your 
the, the weeks between chemo and then you come back a little bit and you like, but every time you go down a little bit further and a little mm -hmm. bit further. So that last chemo is, is a lot harder than like the first chemotherapy. And then it's like, okay, then I have chemotherapy and I wait. Um, I think I waited six weeks before surgery. So to regain some strength and energy and to make sure I'm not susceptible to disease. But again, then my body deals with surgery and then I go to radiation. So it's like this, this whole thing, like over time you are just exhausted and what tired. A roller coaster. And, mm -hmm. and it's just, um, you know, it, it doesn't sound like, oh, you had chemo. Now you're, now you're back to hundred percent. That takes <laughs> Time to laughs. Like, you know, 100%. Yeah, she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like something that people might not know to expect. Like, it's you, and, and to just really not, not, I think to not, to try not to go in with a lot of expectations and just to write it because it's gonna be what it's gonna be. And you, and you have to make those decisions about what you do with your diet and how you change. Do you? I was just gonna ask. How challenging was that? You guys have all that knowledge in your heads about nutrition, digestion, hormones, how that all like works together. How hard was it to care for yourself during that time? Do you feel like you were, were able to support yourself or what kind of support do you wish you would have had during that time? I was lucky because I actually, my boyfriend and I moved back in with my parents oh, wow. and okay. um, that was definitely the best decision. My grandma was also there too. So I really had a lot of support in my house and they knew, um, you know, it's my parents. So they kind of know the food lifestyle part. Yeah. I was like, and were they supportive of your thought processes on totally, nutrition? A hundred percent. And I feel so grateful for that because, you know, um, they would make sure that I was kind of going with the protocol that I wanted to and, and stick to it. Even if, because so you know, most days you're just, you can't think straight. Right. Like and connecting you know, dots. Chemo sounds, brain. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I have heard that phrase. Thing. It yeah, is real. Heard, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, and also, you know, having um, some healthy frozen meals on hand was pretty mm -hmm. handy too. I did that a, a little bit. Um, but every, usually the second week I would make, like huge batches of food when I was, if I, and if, and when I was feeling good so that I could have it the following week. But then again, it's also like extremely hard to predict what you will be in the mood to eat or what you can because, eat. Yeah. Because sometimes you're just, nothing sounds good and yeah. you're just not, you're nauseous. So just getting something down just sounds terrible. And for me, the first meal was always the hardest. And it usually took me around um, like 11 or 12 to be able to eat something. Mm. But once I did, it just felt, felt so much better. So you just kind of have to get over that hump. But having the support system, if you can move in with other people to help cook, especially because you're just not going to have the energy. Yeah. So that sure. was, that was a very, See, very lucky for me. And meal trains, I, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but we, there's so many food needs in my house that the idea, like if, if any of us needed a meal train, that sounds exhausting to me, like trying to mm -hmm. advocate for my needs and what I was hoping to have. I don't really have a lot of people near me physically that I have, I have a few <laughs> that like I'm thinking of all the people that would make me meals for meal train and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't want to be that person. That's like 
Yeah. You know, here's a list of things I will eat. Here's a list of things that I won't eat, but I'm like, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, I will add to that is you, from my experience, at least I have so many people come out of the woodworks that I haven't talked to in maybe 10 years being like, Hey, is there anything, anything I can do for you? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I don't know. Like, why yeah. don't you just do it? And then I'll be happy kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, like when, you know, you're going through chemo, you just, you're, we know whatever. So as someone who, if you know someone going through cancer, that's kind of like the biggest tip I could give is don't ask them, Hey, what do you want? Be like, hey, when can I do this for you? Oh, be specific. And what is your preference? Be very yeah. specific. Yeah, yeah, um, I so can that way, understand that. Yeah, that way it kind of takes the pressure off the patient because like I would feel terrible being like, hey, can you make this gluten-free and um, you know, grass-fed, please? And, yeah. um, but if people are just like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to do this for you. What do you want out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I could say and maybe wish I would have done a little bit more to take pressure off my parents Mm. and doing that all Mm -hmm. for me but Mm -hmm. yeah I think that that makes a lot of sense yeah and I feel like initially I was like my diet's too restrictive don't worry about it it's fine and then people just kept asking and asking and asking and it was like all right people want to be there for them allow them into your life and let them support you um Mm -hmm. and I also relaxed my diet a little bit um I stayed 100% gluten-free, mostly dairy-free. and But I, I was like, you know what sounds great in the morning? Some oatmeal. So I'm having some oatmeal. like that. Buttered I can, toast. Yeah. <laughs> eggs sound horrible. I'm not eating eggs. So I'm mm-hmm. just, but I, I can get down some like non-GMO, organic oatmeal. And it was like the mix-it packets, but it was like the best I could find. And yeah, I was right. okay with that. You know, like it was, it, I made do with what it was. Um, and so, but it was like, yeah, I, I do need to be willing to be, I, for me, I relaxed a little bit. And then I had some uh, complications. My liver enzymes were too high. So then I had to be like, all right, dial it back in, no more sugar, you know, really high quality protein at every single meal, you know. I'm assuming, uh, was your doctor monitoring those enzymes or did you have to yes. ask for it? Yeah. So ev- before every chemo um, session, a couple of days before you do blood work mm-hmm. um, so that they can check on how everything's That's looking. Like a health and marker. they're really looking at liver health, especially because it's doing so much work to detoxify. And it's funny. I mean, I, I look back at my numbers and I watch them and I was like, right. Oh, right there. They got out of control. And then, wow. you know, I was like, okay, I put myself on my own liver detox. And then I come back a week later and they're still high, too high, but, but high, low enough to continue with chemo. Mm-hmm. And the doctor was like, what did you do? And I was like, well, I cut out the sugar. I did um, a lot of cruciferous vegetables, onions and garlic, beets, uh, lentils, and high quality protein at every meal. And he was like, his, literally his words were, couldn't have been that. And I was like, <laughs> I'm an eight, so I was like, "Oh, oh I was just gonna." What ask. was it? What oh was it? So <laughs> funny. I was and and like, coming from like very overweight oncologist, you know, and I was yeah. just like, "If you're gonna say it's not that, then tell me what it was." Like, I'm not sure, but it couldn't have been that. And I was like, "Well, until you can't." My brother's sitting right there next to me in the chemo room, just probably like, "Katie, calm down." Bring it down. And, and you're like, like, "Come at me, bro. Come yeah, at yeah. me." Like, <laughs> and so you can tell me what it was. 
it was that. And he's like, well, you know. Okay. Oh my goodness. I, I, I was going to ask as soon as I could, like what your Enneagram types were, because listening to how you guys handle things a little differently with like expectations and helping other people. So, you, so you're an eight, Alyssa, what, do you know what Enneagram you are? I'm, also, I'm an eight and tied for a two. So the helper and the challenger. So Ooh, I have a lot to say about that, but I won't, I won't <laughs> tangent too far, but Alyssa, what, what number are you? I'm a seven wing eight. Seven wing eight. Oh, interesting. Yep. Like I think I'm what's enthusiast. The busy. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that the enneagram is so interesting. That is like an insight of how to receive help, how to advocate for yourself, all those things. Like I'm all I'm all for that. I mean, I can't imagine going through this process and not understanding. Like honestly, I'm a two. If I went through cancer, I it would be really hard for me to vocalize what I needed. So like, Lisa, what you had said about don't just say, what can I do for you? I'm going to be like, I'm fine. Right. Right. When I'm clearly not fine. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I just, because I just, I, I can't think of anything like, or right. I'm like, well, I mean, my mom's here. If I need anything, she'll get me or, right. you know, and it's, it's, um, it's a very hard thing to go through something for such a long time too. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, it's not like two weeks. Yeah. It's know? not like a surgery and then done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, this long and, process that's very roller coaster, yeah. very, you know, and so it impacts think, the rest of your life too. Yes. Yeah. It impacts every aspect of it for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I mean, so as far as your guys's experience of this course that you guys put together, it sounds like this is like the thing you wish you would have. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like hearing you talk about the detoxification that you were being more aware of in your liver enzymes and things like that. What would you say would be like if you could, because I think detoxification can have such like a big, it sounds big, you know, and really like scary. If you could tell somebody like one really simple thing to focus on, like what would you say would be something really simple to detoxify your life? I mean, if I'm thinking of diet, um, I'm going to come up through that lens and just supporting your liver and what it normally does. I would just say, make sure to really monitor your sugar intake because that's going to really impact some of those levels, um, some of those enzyme levels in your liver. Uh, So, you know, trying to avoid sugar as much as possible. That means all natural sugar, like fruit even. And having some fruit, I would say definitely have some fruit. Like life's for living, like you have to enjoy your life. So like have some fruit, have a little bit of dark chocolate, but really try to cut pretty much else at all else out. That'd be my thing to suggest if you're going through treatment and how to support detox. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so... I definitely 100% would agree that's probably my top two, but I think my second one would be to um, sweat. And so you don't really want to wear an antiperspirant because that'll keep your armpits from sweating. Mm -hmm. So my favorite way to do this was to take a warm to hot, like Epsom salt bath with some um, baking soda and a little bit of uh, essential oils. And that was also Mm -hmm. super relaxing. And I would do that the night after I got treatment to just help detoxify it right out of my system as much as I could. Um, but I wouldn't go longer if you're doing it the first few days after I wouldn't go longer than like 15 minutes because then you're kind of pulling the toxins out too quickly Mm. and take it from my experience. It does not feel very good. Oh, (laughs) Um, I was going to say like, it sounds like, Ooh, achy joints. Yeah. That sounds Mm -hmm. no fun. It sounds like that, would you say that, that implement, you said something about you implementing a a 
something that helped you recover a little faster? Did that really help you make this course or do you have that sprinkled in like your experience of what you'd built for yourself during that time or did you feel like it's refined since it's definitely refined but it's also 100% based off my experience and like each time I got 12 chemotherapies and each time I was able to refine what I was doing a little bit better and I kind of had it honed in by like my seventh treatment and um and I was also doing research this whole time. And, you know, also with the background, we had somewhere to start with the research, which was really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, just having that foundation is, um, but yeah, it's just totally based off of my personal experience plus our schooling plus mm-hmm. the hours and months during treatment and post-treatment that we worked on this course for sure. Yeah. Cool. It all. All so, this is probably a little too much of a blanketed question, but I am curious, like when you guys went through this process, was there like a food that you really gravitated towards or a food that you found yourself eating a lot? And was it because of pleasure or because you knew it would help be helpful? <laughs> I don't, I can't think of something. I mean, mine is a little bit longer ago, so it's harder to, to go back to. Yeah, so that's I- a nuanced question for sure. <laughs> Of, of something I def what right before my liver enzymes were too high, <clears throat> I was having like ice cream pretty regularly, which I've never done in my life. So it was like I was da- gravitated towards like I'm just screw it, I'm just gonna have ice cream. Who cares, right? Like it was this little pity party that I was having for myself, and so that I was definitely drawn to. I don't tolerate dairy that well, and I don't tolerate sugar very well. So it was just sort of like let's just do it. So that was like me having that. And then, and then, Oh, look, there's a consequence. Your liver enzymes are now too high. Mm. So oh, interesting. In, in that way, I was drawn to ice cream, but I don't think that like, I'm drawn like, to there ice wasn't cream a, all the time. There wasn't <laughs> food that I was like eating. I wasn't like, I'm going to have a bunch of, you know, grass fed steak every day or whatever. Like that wasn't me, but I don't right. think yeah. it was like something. Yeah. I was um, actually really drawn to fruits. Oh, I was like, that was like the first thing that first and like only thing that I was able to get in first around like that noon time that I was telling you about mm-hmm. um nature's fast but, food <laughs> yeah right but also um what helps me a lot is I did a micro dosing of CBD and THC okay. and um that helped to get my appetite up so that I was able to, uh, was able to eat and if I you know missed I would do it morning and night and if I missed one of those, then it would just totally throw me off and I maybe wouldn't be able to eat that day. So that really, really helped me too, just to have an appetite. But otherwise, um, probably ice cream as well, but (laughs) (laughs) there's just something comforting about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there's so many misconceptions about somebody who's got the knowledge that you guys have that you guys sit around eating like bowls of salad and like, (laughs) like you say, grass bed, like liver and like you know what I mean like no you guys are still people you still have these moments you're like well and it's like there's a lot of emotions happening right now you know you go from like trying to like play it off to like okay I'm Jim can we just have a pity party I'm just gonna cry here in bed all night long you know and it's like and that was fine like those you know try to honor those emotions but it's like some we know that food is comfort and Mm -hmm. I'm not a comfort eater um or an emotional eater normally 
but it was like ice cream is long standing than my favorite food. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like, I feel the you. Same. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, all three of us. I feel you guys. Oh man. I have found some really good non-dairy alternatives, but only in the last, like maybe less than a year. Like it hasn't been that long, but there, there's some people who are big at some good stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe I don't need the dairy ice cream as much as I thought I did. Like, yeah. 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 Anyway. But so I have some, I, I have, so <laughs> this is still like very much like on the drawing table for me, but I would love to hear more about this. So I, through my beauty counter business, I'm doing a pouches with purpose through a beauty counter customer of mine who is an RN for that cancer treatment center. And I'm right in the middle of trying to figure out what to put in it. I would love to understand like what was the most helpful for your body when you were trying to care for your skin your hair, um, even just something that made you feel good, like a good lip gloss or, or would a, like, would a brow pencil be better? Like, tell me a little bit about like how you cared for your physical body during that time. Brow pencil for sure. Brow pencil. (laughs) (laughs) That was my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, um, you definitely like, um, I only experienced it in the beginning, but some like dry hand, like flaky kind of skin, dry peely skin. And then I did experience some breakouts initially until I was like, okay, you really have to wash your face every twice a day, every day. And mm-hmm. I was taking some, um, omega seven supplementation, which is really good for skin health. And so I like made sure to take all my supplements regularly. And then I seemed to be pretty good where I wasn't breaking out, but I would say, um, perhaps a blemish thing might be nice in there. If someone is breaking okay. out, I mean, it's a little astringent so that, you know, there's that caveat, but, um, a good quality, like not super fragrance lotion, I think would be really nice just because people, your skin is going to go through some changes. I also had, I don't know if you experienced this, Alyssa, but I had like what I call tiger stripes in my nails. Like you could see these like white lines in my nail beds and it was based every round of chemo. I would get that. And so you, it was like quite a while wow. grew out. All you the could way. see a white line for every mm-hmm. chemo treatment you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like wow. tree lines. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, um, and, and like when that would come to the past the quick or whatever this part is, <laughs> then it would be very brittle. So you could tell that that, that was in de- indeed like some damaged cells so they weren't mm. as strong. And okay. so I can definitely tell that was that. So, I mean, I don't know that I would um, paint my nails. I, I didn't because... Maybe something that nourishes even just the cuticle would be helpful. Yeah, or like some jojoba or something that you might put in your cuticles, I think would be nice. Some people do lose their nails. I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Okay. What about you, Alyssa? Yeah, I think, I mean, my favorite thing that I did every day was my liquid eyeliner. <laughs> Uh, um, just, just get my eyes to pop. Yeah. Um, and my skin went from being like super pretty oily before, like my entire life, to being like normal combo skin, maybe, okay. which was pretty nice because I was like, oh, okay, no glare today. All right. I know. <laughs> no <laughs> glare today. I don't need to squeegee my nice. forehead. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it, and then the last, probably like last two treatments, it kind of went a little bit drier, but um, still just having that really good quality face moisturizer is probably, those are probably my two favorite things. Um, and I didn't experience the, the tiger stripes on the nails. Okay. But um just to help me feel more feminine, you know, like not really having hair. I mean, it's kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it, but 
I did use um, nail polish and that made me feel really good about myself too. I just mm. felt a little bit more girly and I used um, Cote or whatever, uh, C-O-T-E. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, the name. Yeah. I was yeah. want to say Cote and I'm like, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> Cote. <laughs> Cote. Um, so yeah, I, it was around, I think Christmas they had like a holiday special and I got like 12 polishes for like half the price. They do had, they, that last year they had a really incredible one. I think it must be a tradition mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. So, that's what I got last year. So, um, I, love I that. just want ham on that. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's, I think that's something that's part of almost like the emotional part of it is still like being able to care for your body in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't feel too different or hard. And it's, it's hard because everybody's so different. So I'm like trying to make sure I curate it in a way that everybody has a little bit of something in there. That yeah. Feels- well, and you can I would say blush too without any energy too. You can just lay in bed and paint your nails. So, you know what I mean? Like some things take a lot of energy to do and you're like, nope, not getting not out of bed. That. Yeah. I'm not painting my toes. I, I can't like, I don't even like painting my toes now. Like, <laughs> I'm like forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I have some rapid fire questions for you guys that have almost Ooh. nothing to do with this, but I want to get to know you guys a little bit more. So okay, favorite Disney movie. I think Lion King. Ooh. I can't believe you're asking me to pick one. (laughs) (laughs) That's my response. I'm like, how dare you ask me to pick one? Like, there's no way. I off the top of my head. I was like, top three then. Top three. (laughs) Okay, top three, probably, uh, definitely Lion King. I I love that you guys have the same one in there. Yeah, I was like two when it came out, so it's very um, comforty for me. Mm -hmm. And probably... Um, Monsters Inc. and Frozen. Ooh. New faves. Ooh, sure. those, those are good ones. Yeah, I have like my, my Disney's that are like so quotable that I couldn't do without them. And then the ones that I love watching, like you're saying, that are very comfortable. So mm-hmm. I love that. Well, okay, and they've so also expanded. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Pirates of the Caribbean, Pixar. <laughs> I know. I know. My kids are constantly like, Disney owns everything. I'm like, I know. Yep. This is a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Real so, life Monopoly. I know. <laughs> they, they totally got it. Yes. Uh, if someone was overwhelmed with recovery, what would be the first place that you would tell them to start focusing on? Rapid fire? Okay. <laughs> I know. This is hard. <laughs> food. Um, yeah. Movement. I think food. That's the, like our first module and our biggest module in the course. And I feel like, you know, we have, that's where we have so much control. Like this is a process where you don't have any control. They're telling you what you're getting, when you're getting it, you know, all these things, you don't have any control and you can control what you eat. Um, and so that, I think that would be my first thing would be make sure that you're trying to eat nourishing food as best you can. I mean, with that, with the caveat that I know it's going to be harder than ever before to eat nourishing food because everything's out of whack, but do your best to get some nourishing food every day. All right, so yeah. Alyssa, then I got to ask you, since she, she gave it to like, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. <laughs> if somebody was in that position, where would you, what meal do you think that would be a good place to start that is not super overwhelming? Mm, so I think my, I have two go-to meals that I would go to all the time and just super easy. You can make in like 10 minutes. And one of them is um, zoodles with meat sauce and you can hide other veggies in there. I, I put um, sliced mushrooms. I put nutritional yeast in there. You better believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a whole um, bushel of kale too. 
And um, that was something that I could stomach throughout the whole thing. And um, the rest of my family liked it too. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, honestly, my- I think that's the most important part is like, you can't yeah. cook for just yourself. Like, right. Yeah. And my other one would be tacos. Oh, always tacos. In, always, even through bad days in chemo, you always want tacos. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> tacos, was a, tacos was a big one in my house when we had all these food restrictions and I was so overwhelmed because I was just, I was a terrible cook to begin with. And then you add in that I'm like restricting all these things and I'm going, how does somebody eat without wheat? Like, like I was just, I, I just, yeah, honestly, tacos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tacos. Every single There's time. some good grain-free shells um, or I, I really went for like taco bowls. Oh yeah. Um, See, I was like yeah. nachos. I was always like chips because then you could like put it in a bowl mm. and then like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> chips with lime salt. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. See, yeah. we're getting close to dinner time. So this is like, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> okay. Another rapid fire. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just answered that at the same time. That was amazing. You guys don't even count down. No, over. no need. <laughs> no need. Okay, so if a family member or friend um, is helping someone recover from cancer, what is an important support that they can provide? I know you guys have talked about food. Is there is there anything specific within the food that somebody can be like, hey, can I bring you this? Like, I've I think, heard of people um, eating smoothies or like breakfast items because breakfast can be hard because I think when you're already drained, trying to get up and then make food for yourself, like, yeah. man that'd be hard. Yeah. Like, like that, that? Was, that was totally like my hardest one. So, mm. um, but I personally, I just couldn't really stomach anything. So mm. I think it would have been the most helpful for me to have a dinner prepared mm. and that way I would have leftovers for the next day too. So it's kind of a two for one. Right. For me, what I asked for, like I didn't ask for meals, but I asked for walking buddies and sometimes rides to things because um, I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to be like going to yoga, especially once I got a pick line in. Um, so I couldn't really like do yoga or go swimming. And so like, I just was, I try to walk every day <clears throat> and some days you just feel really, really horrible and you cannot go. Like, I just was like, I might pass out, but I probably won't, but I just want to make sure I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I never did, but like, like having a walking buddy was really great. And then, um, occasionally like I drove during chemo, but not initially. So those first, so my chemos were three weeks long and the the first, um, about 11 days, I would feel pretty crappy. Mm. So I just felt like I was kind of like, I mean, on drugs, which obviously I was, but mm-hmm. the thing that was like, I couldn't drive with, but I just felt like I was kind of high and unable to focus and just felt like I don't want to drive. So driving to doctor's appointments, especially. So like the day after chemo, um, you often, I had to go get a shot to boost my white blood cell counts. And so, or dri- driving to go get my pick line cleaned when I just didn't feel good. So those were like really helpful to have somebody driving you to those appointments. I'd also say, um, a cool gift would be to gift someone like a house cleaning once a week or something Ooh. to help stay on top of that because that can, that sounds you know, that amazing. stuff piles up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that sounds amazing. Helpful. I was going to say, maybe give somebody a, like take them for a drive just to get them out of the house. Mm-hmm. If they're yeah. not, if they're not leaving the house much, but yeah. I, I love the idea of house cleaner because I, I mean, I'd like that now, but I can't imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had it gifted to me by my mom and also my best friend one one session each, and that was lovely. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So another another quick one: coffee or tea? 
Tea. Tea with collagen. <laughs> tea with collagen. I, I love that. that. I should have said that. Oh, yeah. I was really sad. I went to the store today to get this is my favorite, like, Tulsi holy basil tea that I love. Mm-hmm. And they were out. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, I, you know, when something becomes part of your routine and you're like, yeah. and, and I have somebody, they're like, well, it'll, it'll be here. We, it'll be maybe four days. And I'm like, okay, four days. Okay. What can I do at this time? Yeah, I'm like yeah. four days. Should I explore another tea? Like, no, I really like this tea. Like, <laughs> so I, I totally get you guys on the tea front. Well, I cannot thank you guys enough for being on this and being on this podcast and telling us more about this resource. We're all about getting resources out there and like showing people like where they can look and how they can support other people through this. What's the best way for them to find this survivor's guide? So we are both on Instagram pretty regularly. I'm at awesome. clean, clean Eating with Katie, so people could definitely search there. Um, and then the um, website is the can- cancersurvivorscourse.com. So w- with an S, Cancer Survivors Course. I did experience that. It's Cancer Survivors. <laughs> yes, I yes. love it. <laughs> um, and then we also, so that's our, um, like our landing page with all the information. And then um, the course is actually on Teachable. So that will be where the link will direct you to Teachable. So. Amazing. Where can they find you, Alyssa? I'm at Alyssa Carey with a C dot wellness on Instagram. And awesome. you can also uh, find us through the contact page on cancersurvivorscourse.com too. Awesome. And if somebody's going through this course, is it a, um, is it a on their own pace or what can they expect once they're there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes. It is, um, an on uh, at your own pace course. So we know that people are not going to all feel great at the same time. And so, you know, you might have a week, like I said, for me, I had like about a week and a half of feeling crappy and then a week and a half of feeling good. So you could go through, you know, do that week and a half, feel good, get get as far as you can, and then to lapse it for a little bit, you know, so it's totally on your own. Um, and then we do have um, live monthly calls that we um, will be hosting with a topic. So that way, and whenever you join, you can just join and join in on those Amazing. calls. So it's kind of a good community aspect as well. Yeah, we're trying to combine the best of both worlds. Amazing. Like I, I, I would really gravitate towards that because I know through my kids' health journey that it's, it's really easy to feel very isolated unless you can find a way to connect. So that's amazing that you guys have that resource to connect. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.